day, everyone. That sounded good. That's the best I've sounded in a long time. I think all this shit's out of my system. Golly. Welcome back to the Hybrid Fitness Media Podcast. I am your host, Matt B. Davis, and this is episode 69, bro. How lame is that? Just happened to peek. Look at the little numbers here. And uh, this is episode episode. We started May 1st, 2023. We are now at January 25th, 2024, episode 69. And we've got a fun chat with Jay Fi, not to be confused with Jay Fit, Jay Fi, Jason Feinstein, who's been on the phone before with me, the phone, who's been on the line with me before, and Christian Griffith, who has been on the Obstacle Racing Media Pass multiple times. Uh, Did I say... Whatever I said, you know what the fuck I mean. Uh, but this is my first time. This is his first time on this show. Clearly, I need more coffee. Hang on. I'm drinking. I'm double fisting today. You can't hear this, but I'm double fisting. So those of you who know me from the Obstacle Racing Media show know that I'm a huge coffee drinker, a huge coffee fan, and I love the Dunkin' near my house. A lot of you say Dunkin' is crap, and I say you can suck it. Uh, and what I'll do uh, sometimes during the day is Uh, I want a hot coffee now, but I know I want an iced coffee later, or I'll just be kind of in the mood to double fist. So I'll do iced coffee, original, oat milk and sugar, and then I'll have a hot latte with French vanilla, and then I go back and forth and drink both. It's kind of a fun ride. So right now, I still have a little bit of both left because I swung by a couple hours ago. So that's what I'm doing, and I want to let you know that we're about to Get, it's about to get hot and heavy here in the High Rock season. Very exciting stuff's happening. We have Manchester this week, but it's not just the High Rocks Manchester. It's the My Protein High Rocks Manchester. Nothing this exciting since the Battle Frog Fiesta Bowl, the My Protein High Rocks Manchester. Uh, My Protein. And I thought there was another sponsor. Don't they have one of those food boxes? Maybe that's just for the U.S. Uh, no, this is a U.S. My Protein. US. Well, no, this is the U.S. I don't know. Uh, maybe someone from Hyrox can call me and straighten this out. But it's Hyrox Manchester this weekend. A lot of folks going for that new pro men's doubles record that's on the line. Uh, and then Hyrox Turin uh, the next weekend uh, in Italy. I'm sure Camilla and Luca will be there. And then we've got the European Championships. That's right, the second major going down in Vienna. We'll have a lot of content about that before and after, uh, but this weekend is Manchester. As you know, a quick update on the state of the industry, which I also like to keep track of. Last year in Maastricht, uh, 2023, there were 1,793 finishers. Now, what I call finishers is um, I don't account for people who who did both. Like, if you did singles and doubles, you still get credit because I haven't gone through and divided each name up. But basically, we take all the singles, then we take all the doubles teams, multiply that by two. We take the four-way teams, multiply that by four, and we get a number, which is, dun 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 1793. This past weekend in Maastricht, 3081. So uh, about, what is that? Almost double, 80%. So good job. Uh, Hyrox continuing to grow. Um, and we've got more to come, as I mentioned. Next week, next couple weeks with the big championship in Vienna coming around the corner. And we're definitely looking for, are you going? Are you a fan of this show? And you like this show? And you want to support the industry by helping your mates get some coverage? You can help me. 
maybe um, do some social media stuff while you're there. Because I think they're going to broadcast live, the live feed. Maybe we'll do a watch along, maybe not. But if you're on the ground, you can get finishers of the podium or maybe some fun videos of the winners, that kind of thing. So if you're listening to this, you're a fan of mine, fan of the show, drop me a DM right now on Hybrid Fitness Media or email me. Matt B. Davis at iCloud.com. Actually, just Instagram. It'll be much faster. On today's program, two gentlemen that I wanted to have at the same time. I really wanted to have these two guys on at the same time, Christian and Jason, but timing did not work out. So we did Jason first and then Christian the next day. It was holiday. He got mixed up with the timing. He had kid watch. And they're going to start by letting you know their relationship to GORUCK and to CrossFit and kind of explain why they're on the call. And then we dig and we talk about the latest news in GORUCK, in CrossFit. And if you're into the hybrid space, you're probably into one or both of those. Let's get to it. Away we go. All right, we're going to start without him. Yeah, it's a holiday, Matt. This is serious business. I said, I look forward to talking tomorrow. This was 6 p.m. And he said, yeah, me too. So we're going to start now. Um, uh, I was going to ask you both, but there's just one of you, so I can't ask you both. Uh, what your relationship is with the company known as GORUCK LLC or HQ or whatever. So let's just start there. What is your, do you have a working relationship? Do you have a customer relationship? What's your relationship with GORUCK? And when did it begin? Well, it began began for me in uh, maybe 2014, 2015. Uh, I did an event, uh, one of their tough events, and just went down a rabbit hole. I, I really enjoy the company and started to uh, do different events with them. Um and, uh, but I, as we've talked about in the past, I like event management. And so, uh, when they came up with the, the go ruck games, I started helping them out with that. And, um, and then, uh, I'm also a ruck club leader. And so that's kind of at the local level. That's what I do here in Columbus, Ohio, um, and run a ruck club and, uh, do stuff with them there. And they've been supportive of our, uh, efforts also at, uh, the Arnold sports festival and other events like that, helping us out both monetarily and with gear and stuff like that uh, to, to, to advance, you know, their mission. So uh, behind you uh, are some, uh, some signage Uh, in the middle. You've got the CrossFit games regionals logo, which many are familiar with. It says Reebok. And then around it, there's rogue, there's Arosti, there's Reebok. Uh, Where are we and what are we looking at? So we're in the, the front side of my gym and, um, uh, so I'm a CrossFit affiliate also, and uh, for 10 plus years now, and the front side of the gym here, um, I've also been involved on the event management side of the regionals and the games. Uh, and when we were in Nashville a couple of years ago, these were the backdrops when somebody got interviewed at the end of winning an event, you know, it was like a plexiglass thing. And they said, Hey, we're, this is the last regional. We don't want to take it with us. And so, uh, do you want it? You drove here. You got a truck. You can take it home with you to Ohio from Nashville. So, put it up on the wall. It's a good little fun little thing, and uh, just you know reminds us of the roots of CrossFit and and the old regional concept of uh, fitness. All right. So I think this rolls perfectly into what you saw coming, what a few of us saw coming, which was uh, uh, Reebok left, Noble took over. Uh, by the way, do you call it noble like I'm a noble person, or do you call it no bull? People seem to say noble. No, no, I say noble, like no bull, like no right. Bull, like, That's how you yeah. should say it. But a lot of people say noble, like N O B E L, like the Lion King. Um, 
then the question are you, are do you, would you call this Gorak or you know? <laughs> exactly exactly so 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 no bull is no longer a title sponsor Gorak is the apparel and footwear but not title sponsor leaving that place vacant for more dollars to come in what yeah. can you tell us about that well well first of all you know I would say that no bull you know not only are they not like a sponsor, they're not involved at all. And, you know, if, if you've been following, you know, that side of their business, right. They've, they've had some, they've had some troubles of late, you know, they extended themselves. Uh, they were the, um, uh, NFL combine sponsor for two years that did not come free and, um, whatever it is, they, uh, they, they, they now, you know, they, they had to get investment by a big VC company. And so, um, or a single guy, I guess it was, but, um, so yeah, so from a, from a go ruck standpoint, um, it is, I don't even forget the question now I've gotten lost. Uh, what do you know about what's happening in the sponsorship space? Oh yeah. Okay. So I, I, I think what happened if I had to, I know where the numbers are kind of, I have an idea, I think, you know, I think Noble probably paid close to 10 million a year to have the inclusiveness of title uh, footwear and apparel. Um, you saw over the last couple of years, CrossFit had been, um, they had tried to separate things. Nobody thought about that, that there were actually three different sponsorships in the past. Um, you saw last year, there was five beverage sponsorships. You had a um, energy drink, Jocko Go. You had a protein drink, Jocko Mulk. You had a hydration drink, O2. You had a water drink uh, that was a pH plus water company. And then I think you had another company. So the, you knew that they could separate, they could monetize what they wanted. Um, I think they probably went to GoRuck and said, hey, if you want to be the sponsor of everything, here's the price. It's whatever it is, $10 million or something. GoRuck said, ah, no, we don't want to do that. But we want to be footwear and apparel or something like that. I, and and so I think that's probably how it went down. Um, I can't but but you're exactly right. It leaves an opening. And when you think about CrossFit too, what people seemingly forget is that CrossFit is owned by Eric Rosa and then a bunch of VCPE money, right? And the largest I know what VC means, venture capital. What does PE mean? Private equity. Okay. The same, largest same same same, same right? Thing, same thing. It just depends how you're classified, right? So the largest VC investor in CrossFit is Berkshire Hathaway. Okay. Warren Buffett's company. Correct. Berkshire Hathaway also, their portfolio is a ton of different companies. So I I a hundred percent believe by the time we get to August in Fort Worth, there will be a title sponsor. It may be one of Berkshire Hathaway's companies saying, Hey, well, nobody's offered us up the money. We'll just take one of our companies to get them the vis the visibility. Just like it won't be, it won't be Battle Frog, though, right? I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I do not think so. It's a joke, joke for the old heads. Go ahead. And it won't be it, the other thing. It won't be is it won't be in another footwear and apparel company. So it's not going to be a Nike. It's not going to be a Reebok coming back. It's not going to be, you know, a Born Primitive. It's not going to be Lululemon because those would compete with the other existing. So could it be? I always use the example. Could it be a Nationwide Insurance? Mm. Could it be a there was a, a, a bowl game, right? A football bowl game that was sponsored by Wasabi, 
not the spicy Japanese wasabi, but apparently a wasabi cloud storage company, like a competitor to Amazon, I guess, web service or something like that. So it could be something like that, that Berkshire Hathaway is owns or heavily invested in, um, or somebody that actually gives them a ton of money. Well, you know, I want to, I want to kind of go down a side road here, uh, and, uh, question your your business mind because you know once upon a time a drink sponsor was a drink sponsor you're not going to have coke and pepsi right so tough mutter ran into this a tough mutter spartan um partly because they did merge under one company but you literally have a rain tent next to the prime tent and you know, whoa, but one's the energy drink and one's the pre-race drink. And it's like, if I'm a marketing, if I am one of those brands, I feel like I don't want to take that deal. I feel like, you know what? I'm just going to go with another company because you've already got these guys and we don't just want to be the pre-race breakfast drink. You know what I'm saying? And so I bet there's some minds turning the salesmen, right? The the sales bros that are out there that want to close the deal. You know what? You do have apparel and footwear, but you don't have socks and jacket outer shell wear. You know what I'm saying? Like they might break it up even more. I'm just throwing that out there. Anyway, what do you think? If you own a if you own a beverage company, do you want to slice the pie even thinner just to get in front of people? Well, n- no, you don't. I, it de- I mean, depends on right return on investment. If the investment is low because they're looking for every dime and dollar, then maybe you do. But I, but I know from a- but it's confusion. I think. Oh, and, oh, no. And, and I know one of the owners of one of the beverage companies pretty well. He was a member of our gym. Is it, Logan Paul? Is it Logan Paul? No, no, not those. You know, one of the ones that it was the and, and two years ago or three years ago now, Monster was a sponsor, but they were the hydration sponsor. And what they did is they, they actually took their monster. Not, so not the, not the drink sponsor, the hydration sponsor. Oh, it gets even better, Matt. They took their monster ultra cans, which, you know, monster is owned by, um, you know, your neighbor over there in, in the ATL Coca-Cola okay. and, and CrossFit has had lawsuits against Coca-Cola. And so they bring in monster. They take the monster ultra cans and they choose and they put water in them. So Monster was the water sponsor, but what when when people grabbed the the can out of the coolers, the Yeti branded coolers, Yeti was paying for that, um, at the finish line, all you saw is these athletes drinking what you perceived to be would be Monster. And it was really just water in there, but it really upset a lot of the other beverage vendors right because you're like wait a second there but and it was a genius move by monster it was next level it kind of kind of move there so no i mean i guess it you know if, if they want to make me the um you know recovery drink sponsor only on alternate thursdays but it's only a hundred dollars and i got to give them some product maybe that's the visibility that that my company needs <laughs> so uh, anything else kind of you want to say about that? I mean, I think I feel like you're a pretty informed guy, so I, I could definitely see that happening. But I what you're saying is there's a there's not a big chance that there's no sponsor. They're going to throw in something to make it yeah. look like we could at least get, we're not we're not so shitty. We can't get a sponsor. No, I think I, I think that um, uh, I think there's I think there'll be something. It may not be something big in, in the perception of big. 
there's looking at the landscape of, um, you know, if you're a CrossFit affiliate, CrossFit's your world. So you, you look at it with a different view, but in the grand scheme of things of the world of fitness, right? CrossFit's just a small pie. So it may not be a big company and people will, will, they're going to second guess things all day long. Um, you know, you know that I, I'm involved with, uh, lacrosse also in, in USA lacrosse. And well, a year ago, there was the world championships of lacrosse, which now is played in almost a hundred countries around the world. It's going to be an Olympic sport in LA in 2028, but they had their world championships in San Diego. And the title sponsor was, um, the children's hospital in San Diego. This is a worldwide event, but their title sponsor was just a local children's hospital in San Diego. So the monies are not flowing the same way. And so that could dictate what ends up happening. Like I said, I I wouldn't be surprised if it was a a Berkshire Hathaway company, but also, you know, it could be a company with looking for large visibility. All right. Here's the here's the here's what Wikipedia popped up real quick. Companies that they own big shares of Geico. Uh, Pilot Flying J, they own 80% of that company. Wow. Uh, I'd love to see that one, the Pilot Flying J CrossFit. You can get all the fat truckers out there like promoting it, right? Like, hey, we, maybe we should try this CrossFit thing. Uh, Kraft Heinz, they own a quarter of. American Express, they own almost 19% of. Paramount Global, holy shit, this is a rich company. 15% of. B of A, they own 11% of. Coke, they own 9% of. And Apple, they own 5% of. So, um, yeah, we'll see if it... Uh, We'll see if it's one of those. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's move on to the customer-facing stuff, which I don't know a ton about, but that's why I have you and Christian, who's I hope eventually going to make this call, is apparently what I understand is GoRuck, which is a very beloved brand by its consumers internally. It's very loved. Um, I am not a frequent customer. Uh, I did one 10 years ago. I just kind of keep my toe in what's going on and, of course, the GORUCK games. But I do see what's going on in the groups. And for the most part, you got pretty happy customers. They make great gear. People love the events. Uh, And what I've seen lately has been surprising, um, which is that they uh, apparently changed the registration platform from just the website to this new company. And what I was seeing online is a lot of, holy shit, this app sucks. Uh, what have you guys done? Which is ex- which is I understand, but then it goes into what we've seen in like Spartan for years, which is well, they don't care anymore. They used to care about us. They don't care anymore. Um, and there's always going to be some of that, right? Why is my beloved little company not treating me like it did when there were only eight employees? And I get that. But here's the one piece that I was thrown off by was um, a uh, a cadre on the page said. Uh, why are you so mad? Just email me personally if you can't figure it out. Trust the process. And I'm like, launching a crappy product that doesn't work, that's not how you say trust the process. That's that's That sounds like worship me regardless of whether we give you good service or not. So I want to know what you know about this app and what your thoughts are. All right, what do I know about the app? So the app is owned by three people, basically. What's Jason McCarthy. Tell people what's it called. It's called Sandlot. So apparently okay. they love this word Sandlot. They love the word Sandlot. So it, it's called Is the Sandlot. idea that like, hey, that's what we're doing. We're just fucking around in the Sandlot. Yeah. So so the uh, the premise of the idea in, in Jason McCarthy's idea was is is always been real world fitness. And now what's strange about this is this this idea of this app came out in 2019. So pre pandemic. 
And I think they were tinkering with it. It's Jason, his wife, Emily, and um, a gentleman, BJ, um, who I can't pronounce his last name out of Chicago. And uh, BJ is a good guy. And he's a, you know, he's a investor entrepreneur and has an IT background. Um, and he's really running the, for the most part, the rollouts and stuff. Now they've also just hired a CEO um, replacing Jason and Emily. So that's going to be very interesting. And then also brought on, they announced last week that Michael Easter is now going to be their chief strategy officer. So again, another very interesting thing. But so we look at 2019, this is not just, they just didn't launch this like last week. I mean, this has been a four-year project. And so that's what's troubling for that. For that, The idea is to get people active to say, hey, I'm, and to use the Sandlot terminology, I'm having a pickup soccer game or baseball game at this field. Anybody can come and, and, and do it. Come on out, do fitness, do activity in the real world. I understand that. I just... I think that there was other ways. There was already other mechanisms out there, and I'm so, I'm, so I'm, meet up and Eventbrite already have ninety nine percent of the audience. Yes, and then well, run and, and then run sign up, and the other big registration companies have the rest, right? Yeah, and and I don't know that it was the curious thing for me about the Sandlot app is I don't know how they make money. Well, apparently they don't, on the registrations, right? Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I understand it. Like we're we're not talking about you know, hundreds of thousands of people signing up to do events. This isn't like Eventbrite or, or these other places that do run signups where you get, you know, 30,000 people signing up for the Chicago marathon or 50,000 or whatever. And you, you're taking $1 off of everything. That's the way to make money. We're, we're talking about much smaller margins. But, that, and, but and, that's, but that's how run signups started. There used to only be active. Right. And everybody fucking hated active and they sucked and they charged you a bunch of fees and they tricked you into signing up for more fees. And and this guy, I know the guy that started run sign up. They didn't start with a thousand clients, but sure as shit. Now they are. That guy's pretty. But, but I don't know. I don't know what. Again, I don't know. And, and I don't know how it's working. Right. And I don't know. Like, I but- understand. Listen, for your own events, I understand the idea. Why would I give Ticket Socket or any of these companies two bucks off every head when I can and I can spend the money on the front end to get my own. So I understand yep. that for your own uh, events, but then they're like, well, let's just take this concept, go from more than just go rock lights and heavies and whatever you guys call them now and add anybody can use our app. Well, but they were doing, but, but they were like, they were doing signups through their own website and just through a Stripe portal before and just, you know, so you're, you know, you're still paying payment processor fees and stuff like that. It's not like you can avoid that. And I don't know what fees they were paying before. I just don't know. I just don't know in the long term. And then there's constantly being glitches. It seems like. Um, again, I I like the idea, but I also personally, I'm I'm trying to get away from like there's an app for everything. Like, and then if you have an app, right, you have to have notifications turned on for that app. And it's like I'm trying to. This should be especially when we talk about what Jason and Emily stand for, it should be less about holding my phone and looking at notifications and more about putting it down and getting active and going and doing something. But by adding another app, it's just one more thing that I have to look at notifications or have something set for or another password to, for my phone to remember. Um, and, and obviously they haven't figured it all out. I mean, I understand the premise of it. I just don't know why, and, and inevitably, there's a ton of startup costs, and I understand that, but I just don't see them 
you know, you don't bring on a CEO for less than six, six figures. I don't see them making six figures to pay for this, these people that, that they have working, but that's, you know, well, the I mean, least of what I know of GoRuck is, is the Sandlot app. It is a separate company. It is so it is completely separate from GoRuck, but obviously a little bit intertwined. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's not new for companies to try to expand and then, oh shit, we overreached versus, oh, clearly this worked, right? I mean, why, why would, why would you think in a million years that a record label could be an airline? But Richard Branson did that successfully, right? Is Virgin still in business? Yeah. yeah. Like for a second, I thought maybe they were gone. That's Concord that's gone. Um, yeah. Or the hundreds of other examples. But like the one that's coming to the top of my head is like Home Depot. Like Home Depot at some point was just like, okay, we're going to fucking do everything. We're not just going to be the place you get the stuff. We're going to build your house. And that didn't work, right? Um you know, uh, you know, we always talk about Joe DeSena just buying brands to build his portfolio, but do any of them actually help the bottom line? Is it brand confusion? So somewhere, and I've written Jason a few times about Go Ruck Games, about a bunch of, he doesn't really write me back anymore, but I'd love to ask him, but I'm guessing he just thinks like, okay, I've done this one thing really well. Clearly I can now expand and become an app company and a reg platform. And it'll be great because I'm great and we're great at everything we do. Like, I'm guessing. I don't know. But I just want to add for people who might be listening, because I will share this in the GoRuck group and hope people hear it. Like, this idea of the blind loyalty and, well, yeah, we love them, so just support them. And if you complain, it's bad. And it's like, well, that's great. If I'm friends with this cadre or I'm on this group all the time, Joe Blow in Cincinnati doesn't. So when his registration doesn't work, guess what? He's never doing that event. He's leaving. He's not coming back. And he's talking shitty about your company. So, and and again, like I just got to say like, hey, our shit doesn't work. Trust the process. No, no, no. Can't say that. Sorry. Yeah, no. And, and the other thing, I mean, as a Ruck Club leader, they've leveraged the, the Ruck Club leadership of the 500 plus clubs in, in the United States and have said, hey, we're, we want you to exclusively use this platform um to put your events out there to do your stuff and of of the 500 plus clubs only about 200 have actually become have put their stuff on there um so that's an issue but then it's also that doesn't uh, allow us to attract new people to our club because they're not going to that site just like you said right like so because as much advertising as go ruck does on social media and you see it you know out there especially now that they're more you know, their, their involvement in the CrossFit games, you're seeing their ads constantly, you know, in our channels. And again, we're a, a myopic view of that a little bit, but you never ever have seen something about Sandlot. And so like, I know they want to do it grassroots, but as a Ruck Club leader, I have to manage the Sandlot page, which it, it reoccurs. So I don't have to do a tremendous amount, but I also have to manage our Facebook page, which is where we get a lot of our leads from people that are want to get active because they social type media the word because they type the word go ruck into search or once they're in another club, Facebook might say you might like this group. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so and we have a group and then we have the Instagram page. So like it's managing a lot of things and they've asked us to do a whole nother thing. Again, it's not a tremendous amount of work, but what do you what were you doing pre this thing? What were you doing? For, is it just strictly Facebook? Well, Facebook and Instagram, and we would 
and and a, well, we had a Instagram, group. Instagram, I feel like is a marketing tool. I just mean for for yeah. actual, where do I go to find out where and when? Or I guess you could do both on there. Like for people to actually sign up, though, they can put attending on Facebook, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's what we did. We just did a we we have a recurring weekly event. People say, you know, I'm going. They show up. Um, that's a whole nother story about how how to run rock clubs. Um, no, we've but done, but I think it's an important question though because you're talking about it. So I was just curious. So trying to be a good soldier, are you also doing the Sandlot thing to kind we, of? We, like- we are, but it's not. It just it just it's it's just a cycle. We can set it and forget it almost. I don't check people in. I don't do anything like that. Does it cost you anything? No time. No, it it costs you time. Well, even if it sets up recurring. And it's a free event, so there's no fee on either end. Or, or do you pay a monthly fee to have your events on there? No, no, we we pay nothing. But you know, again, looking at how the, the monetization long term will work, I can see that 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 happening. You know, we've had the same Wednesday night rock for th- three years plus, and people see us in the community, and they go to social media, and then they, like you said, they look for us. They don't. They would never go to the Sandlot app. Who would ever think to go to the Sandlot app to find out about these guys? You know, you know, eight to twelve people rucking every Wednesday night in Grandview, Ohio. Um, so it, it still doesn't serve the purpose of because they're not advertising Sandlot. They're not telling the masses what's you know that don't that aren't in the Sandlot co- or the Go Ruck community what it is. Yeah, it, it kind of makes me think about the broader question, something we've touched on a little about I was already a DECA affiliate. Now do I need to be a Hyrox affiliate? You know, you and I were talking about that a little bit. And this idea of how much bandwidth does the fitness community have, right? Because I know like Mark and Lauren are out there promoting it. Hey, we're a hybrid run club, right? And then people join that or it becomes their weekly run club. And so can they be a member of a box and – this and that, or are we all going to have to really tighten our lanes? You know what I'm saying? Like, how big is the industry that we can do? That? You're shaking your head no. Why are you shaking your head no? Oh, Lauren's not promoting that anymore. Okay, sorry. So Lauren, <laughs> unfortunately, was let go by High Rocks. Longer story for another time. But, I mean, she might show up to it, okay? They're married. Oh, no, they no, live no, together. Still, her marks started to do events, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, but you, you, you see what I'm saying, though. So, like, what do you think about that? Like, what's your audience? Is your audience just people that want to go for a ruck and have a beer? Is your audience mostly CrossFitters, like serious? What is your audience at your weekly club? Um, it's a mix of both, and because we've grabbed community members, you know, rucking the 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 the, the event of rocking, walking with load, has become much more mainstream over the last year. And you know, we're seeing more people. There's more, you know, men's health articles and women's health articles and YouTube stuff about bloggers throwing that word ruck up there to try to get the grab, try to get the audience. Yeah. And so you're seeing more and more people interested. Of course, it's the new year. Now it is, you know, six degrees outside today. So I don't know how many people will get tomorrow night for rucking, but, um, or Wednesday night, but, um, it is, you know, more and more people are interested. And so like, so our, our mix is mostly gym members, but not even all our gym members. We have members from other gyms that come and then we have just have what I would call, you know, just community members. Um, you know, and you know, we did a, you know, New Year's Day ruck, 30 degree ruck. We had 15 people out there. So like it's people are, you know, people want to get active this time of year anyways. And the low impact nature of rucking, um, you know, seems to fit, especially somebody that's a little overweight too, stuff like that, that can't run or, or doesn't want to, or, you know, whatever reason. 
but that's our, that's our, and we are, I, I refer to us much more as a social rock club. Um, you know, Christian, when you have him on in part two here, <laughs> you know, like Christian's done some of the top tier one events with go ruck. We are not one of those. We do our, the, the star courses, maybe we'll do a basic or a light. I've done a couple toughs, but, but our group is much more of a social group and, yeah, our event is called Ruck and Rehydration. We do it from a local tap room, and then we ruck and go back to the tap room. Um, and so it, it breeds that social. Other clubs, some of them are they do bring sandbags every time and run hill sprints and stuff like that. That's a different club, and that's and that's fine. Just like gyms, CrossFit gyms. The beauty of it is being a CrossFit affiliate. You're paying for the name. You're not, you don't have to be. No gyms, two gyms are alike, and that's what's the beauty of of CrossFit and the, kind of the beauty of Go Ruck. Did you pay your increased fee yet? No, June. It comes around in June. It comes around for whenever you signed up for it. Yeah, yeah. And I forget. Are you are you Buckeye CrossFit? What are, what's your name? Our, our our CrossFit name, like just like our Delta Tau Chi name, <laughs> um, is, is uh, CrossFit Sciota. The Sciota River is the main river runs through Ohio, and it's literally 100 feet from here. And um, and uh, but we we go by the name Buckeye Metcon is our outward facing name um, to differentiate because we people are scared of the word CrossFit. Yeah, and, that's that's what I think too. And so I was just at a Deca Mile, which I want to talk to you about, um, and it was a place called Strive Health and Fitness, which sounds like a gym, right? And he's right, like in a little strip mall next to. I'm going to make this up, a Chinese place and a Sprouts or whatever. Um, and it's pretty small, but, you know, pictures on the wall and he's got, um, hey, we were a uh, we were a, a Murph, you know, registered spot, which, by the way, whoever made up those fucking killing. Right. Because it's like we, we could do it anyway, but he's got those up. There's vests hanging like it's clearly a CrossFit gym. And so I asked him that I was like, oh, are you CrossFit? He's like, oh, yeah, our other name is CrossFit Woodstock or whatever. And. Again, that's something you and I have talked about, the idea of once upon a time, you had to put CrossFit in the name because that's what got you the SEO. Now it's almost the opposite, right? Yeah. No, I mean, our our, our name on Google business is Buckeye Metcon slash CrossFit Sciota. But, but, but the word, I would say Metcon's not the best word because what's a Metcon? Why not fitness? Why not Buckeye Fitness? Well, at one point I had two gyms and I referred to them as Buckeye Strength and Performance. Um, and, but they were both CrossFit affiliates also, but I was trying to marry under one name, under one roof name kind of thing. And I didn't like strength and fitness. I, I believe that, you know, CrossFit gyms are a little bit more performance based or can be. And so I, I like that name better. Uh, when we sold that, that gym that, um, we, we returned to one gym, I, I changed it up and, and it's I, our LLC is called Buckeye strength. And so it could be, I, it's just what what I settled on kind right. of thing. Well, fun fact. I don't know if I've ever said this out loud. Uh, Obstacle Racing Media is actually Matt B. Davis Runs LLC because that was the name that I, I had started running uh, and blogging uh, before the podcast. And then the podcast came in. So there you go. DBA, yeah. Obstacle Racing Media slash Hybrid Fitness Media. Um, so Christian just wrote me. He's got his kid. He forgot it was a holiday. What a fucking rookie mistake, Christian. Sorry, you're being shamed here on a on a really popular podcast. I almost said most popular <laughs> hybrid fitness podcast. I was going to make a joke. Uh, so he's with his kids. Some um, he's juggling. So listen, we'll definitely do one with him. But I really wanted to get you guys on together because I think it'd be a fun dialogue, discourse, maybe even argue about some stuff. Because um, he's got a he's got a good he's got a long history with 
yeah. Goruck as well, but a different one. Um, so, yeah, so um, uh, I'm trying to think what else we wanted to cover business-wise. Anything off the top of your head? Well, you know, the, the thing I'll tell people, and I tell, the, tell people all the time about, about Goruck, Goruck from the beginning has been a, an apparel company, a gear and apparel company. Now add footwear into the mix, right? Um, the events have always been a lost leader, even though there's, those are the things that galvanize the community. Um, and it, it, it's like, it was the lost leader to get you to buy rucks and then continues to buy other stuff. Um, you know, I love the GoRuck product and I love what they stand for. Um, GoRuck also for the longest time, that was very siloed in their operations. Um, and, and that's, that's no way to, you know, you can't grow if you have three silos of things and people don't communicate back and forth. CrossFit was the same way up until a couple years ago too. They've broken down those silos and are starting to collaborate a little bit. And I know that, um, that GoRuck is doing the same thing. It's important to understand that, that GoRuck is a, apparel and footwear company at the beginning. And if you, and the, the president now, Jimmy Letchford, you know, worked for CrossFit for 11 years. He was involved in the first Reebok deal signing um, when he worked for them. He ended up finishing there, was in charge of international affiliate growth, um, traveling the world, doing that sort of thing. He's a Naval Academy grad, Marine Corps uh, veteran, is actually back in the Marine Corps reserves. Um, and when you know that history, this CrossFit Games Go Ruck partnership does seem like it was meant to be. The communities are very similar. They're not necessarily competing um, in any, any, you know, you could argue that they, they could compete or something like that. I don't think the CrossFit Games are going to end up being a ton of sandbag workouts and rucks and weight vests for every event or anything like that. They're going to probably be the same thing they've been for the last couple of years, which is one or two events will have a go ruck component to it. But other than that, especially now that we're moving to an indoor arena in Texas in the middle of the summer, dude, why couldn't we have CrossFit during the Olympics? <laughs> why couldn't we have CrossFit Games Jacksonville? That would have been sweet. Yeah, I, I think the problem always about anything in the southeastern United States in that time frame of year is the potential for hurricanes. You know, we saw it with Wadapalooza last week. Just then, you know, Thursday it rained all day, and you know. Competitors just worked out through the rain. And, and you know, when you're doing a, you know, multi $27 million production, now it won't be that with the reduced um, kind of thing in the, in the CrossFit games. When you're doing those events, you can't have it rain. You know, it's about production. So, um, so, so it will be a little bit different. Everything's inside, but we'll still see some go ruck components. But I think it's important to understand that anybody that kind of looks beyond what happens inside your, your box, your gym, you know, should have seen something like this coming um, and shouldn't have been a tremendous surprise. It's not a surprise that Noble left. They were, it sounds like they were not capitalized appropriately to do this. And I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know if GoRuck's capitalized. It's a three-year deal. Obviously they're hoping for the exposure, but the footwear industry has changed. I, I love, I love the uh, GoRuck Rough Runners. Got them right here. I've had them since the GoRuck games in April. Um, as a kind of a beta test, love them. And, um, uh, I'm not this, I'm not a doctor. I'm not saying I have it, but, but my, I have plantar fasciitis in the left foot. I don't have it anymore ever since I've been wearing these shoes pretty religiously. So these, aren't the ones, these aren't the ones that they gave them the black ones, right? Cause I have those. These are just the white versions. Same shoe we, or they didn't change it. Same shoe. Same shoe. The, the, well, the, they're the runners. Yeah. The ones I have are the ones that like 
are good for a short workout or a short run, but not good for like six mile run. You might have the ballistic trainers. That's then. what I'm saying. I, that's what I think. Yeah, 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 those aren't. Yeah, I, I love those. Those are good too. But I love these rough runners. They're called. Um, I'll see if I can get the, myself a pair then. Because, like I said, I, I don't. I think those are good for walking around. Rucking sounds fine for yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. but not running long distance. Yeah, no, and I mean, you know, their head of footwear right now is uh, Paul Litchfield, right? Paul worked for Reebok, developed the pump, the Reebok pump. You and I remember that thing. You probably had a pair, you know, playing ball on the streets. Of my parents did not buy name brand things for me when I was a kid, but yes, I remember them. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So I, you know, it's, it's, uh, I'm excited to see what the future of this partnership with, with, uh, with CrossFit and Go Rock brings to the both communities, both the CrossFit community. The reception seemed to be about 50 50 on, on CrossFit forum boards and, um, and maybe 60 40 positive on the Go Ruck forum boards. I think. Emily did a really good job. Emily McCarthy, Jason's wife, did a really good job of putting a lot of Ruck Club leaders and Ruck Club or Ruck GRTs, as we call them, at ease. The worry is that the effort was going to be focused on the games and not events. And it sounds like events are still going to be a very separate. Um, now, that's you can say whatever you want. You know, proof's in the pudding. Um, and like I said, Go Ruck was very siloed and they're breaking down a lot of those things. And I think um, they're, you know, they got a tall task ahead of them too with, um, uh, you know, you, you have 10,000 CrossFit affiliates, you know, 100,000, million, whatever it is, CrossFitters, you know, your, you know, customer service is, is obviously should be the number one key. And um, the question is, can Go Ruck keep up with the questions? that the communities are going to have and, and answer in it in a very appropriate time frame and stuff. All right, cool. Well, thanks for hopping on today and um, <laughs> we'll talk again soon. Absolutely, Matt. All right, Christian, we're here to talk about some fangs. Had a chat yesterday with Gayfi. Uh, and okay. um, it'd be fun to have all you three together, but we're here now. So we got to start with what is your history and relationship with GORUCK? And then we'll go from there. How abbreviated or long do you want that? <laughs> well, I mean, with you, everything's an hour story. So let's get the 30 second to one minute version. By the way, you're, mean, looking, you're, looking, you're looking good, by the way. Have you dropped a lot of pounds real quick? I, I, I have. I'm doing carnivore with one of the GORUCK cadre uh, leading the, the group right now for January. Okay, you're looking great. Um, Thanks. Uh, I'm down. I'm coming to World's Toughest Mudder. I'm going to fuck it up next year, dude. All right. We'll talk about that, too. Um, uh, you might be in water half the time. That's all right. I live here. Um, okay. 45-second history of GORUCK. Uh, okay. Well, uh, I really enjoyed doing the events way back in, I don't know, call it like, uh, what? We did it July 4th, 2014. There you go. Easy that to was remember. I, yep. We did it together. Uh, I think when we were walking back to Marta, you threw your bricks in the trash and yes. said you were never doing it again. You're yes. never doing anything like that again. It sucked and you were over it. I was like, hmm, I like that. I think I'm going to do that again, <laughs> only harder. Right. So uh, and that's really kind of where my path went. I did uh, did more go work events. Ended up doing their heavy event, which is a 24 hour event. Uh, they launched a couple of other things, the go work 5K, which. You raced uh, with 45 pounds on your back for 5K, which quite honestly, in retrospect, was a stupid event. 
um, you know, 5Kers just don't want to slow themselves down with weight. So you have that issue. Um, I uh, I was sort of going through maybe a, a midlife crisis, right? So I was working as a senior vice president uh, in the ad agency world in Atlanta. And uh, I reached out to Jason McCarthy one day, the owner of the company. And I said, hey, I love doing your events, but your marketing sucks. <laughs> and uh, I'd love to... Uh, I'd love to come down and fill that void. Uh, we had a few conversations and uh, long story short, I started working for GoRuck as Senior Vice President of Marketing in April of 2015. Um, but actually moving back to the beach and working for GoRuck was was negative for me because uh, I just, I saw myself staring out the window at palm trees again instead of actually enjoying them. So after about seven months of, uh, of, of that role, I quit GoRuck. And I started my own company called Live for a Living, and I, I haven't looked back since then. You've been living for a living. And listen, you real quick side note. Um, you know, you've been on my <coughs> <coughs> you've been on my obstacle racing media show multiple times. This is your first time on this new hybrid fitness media show, but you've inspired me in many ways as a friend, as a brother. You know what I mean? Uh, obviously, we we were business partners at one point, but you know, even just what you said. I didn't think someone could do that. I didn't think you could tell a company that you wanted to work for that they sucked at something. And you you taught me that you absolutely can. Um, there are some lines, right? But when I had a staffing company, it was customer was always right. And I basically let them abuse me, right? And like they were my higher power essentially. And so I just got railed money-wise. It's one of the reasons that business has failed. I didn't have good margins. And you were like, no, Matt, if they have a shitty idea, you need to tell them. Like basically – you're doing them a disservice if you don't tell them, right? So sometimes they listen, sometimes they don't. But that's one thing I got from you is like, hey, guys, I'm telling you, this isn't going to work. You want me to do it? I'll do it. But this is a dumb idea. <laughs> yeah, you know, and as a, quite honestly, and and again, I didn't, you know, walk in there and go, hey, your marketing sucks. Hire me. Right. Like they would have never done that. I mean, there's, there is tact involved. Yes. But, but if you have ideas and they're willing to listen to those ideas, then, you know, obviously that makes a lot of sense. But there are times it's happened to me just here recently where I ended up pissing off a CEO with that same sort of, um, hey, you're doing this wrong and you're thinking incorrectly uh, and his ego couldn't handle it and he fired me. So, so there are circumstances where you have to you have to take a chance, but I will never waver from that strategy because I believe that it, it works. Yeah. And again, don't get it twisted, as the kids say, there's tact involved there's uh there are politics to be played occasionally or a lot of the times but there is a way again i just before it was like well if i if i tell them how they're really thinking they might fire me and i think that was sort of the coming from a fear-based place which is never a good that's not a level that's not right. a setup for success with anything right in your personal relationship and your business relationships if you're coming from a place of i'm gonna lose this person or i'm gonna lose this gig or as a football team, right? You play to win, not to lose, right? For those of you right. that are watching the playoffs out there. Um, sorry about your Jags. Hey, anyway. whatever. I, I won both games yesterday. So I'm uh, I'm sitting pretty on a little bit of team. Did you did you do you play the money line? Do you what do you what do you do? I play straight and then I just take the odds. Um I bought the game down yesterday. I bought that down to eight and a half. Um, because the bill spread was 10 and that's high, but, um, I don't know if the eight and a half would have mattered, but anyway, the bills crushed them. 
Um, thank goodness. I mean, towards the end, it got a little dicey. And then I took the Bucks because that was an easy spread. They were actually plus three. So took the Bucks, won both. Yeah, the the Eagles are playing like shit. That that's a weird. Yeah. Yeah, they tanked. Um. Well, uh, and that's why I can't gamble because last night I'm watching. You know, the I'm watching the Eagles try to cut it from fourteen to eight, and I'm just enjoying the game. And if I had money on it, I'd be losing my fucking mind, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not yeah. someone that can like bet $5 or $25 for fun, right? I'm a fucking addict. I'm going to bet 100. I'm going to bet something that I can't afford to, you know, 500 whatever. I'm, I it's funny, real quick. I know we're going on side holes, but that's what happens on the show. Have you heard of the heard of the prize picks? Yeah, oh. it's lame. I did it for half a second, but it's super lame. Um so it's funny you say that. The kid, and I say kid, he's in his 30s, maybe 40s now, that invented that app works for me in the staffing company, right? Really? Yeah, dude. Uh, his name is, oh my God, I'm losing my mind. Um, I can't believe I can't think of his name. If I Google it and look it up, I will. But when I met him, he was a University of Georgia student. He had some music app that was like, you know, whatever. I'm like, whatever, kid, nice job, right? And then a couple years later, he's like, well, I'm starting a gambling app. And I'm like, again, good luck. Like, you know, FanDuel and, you know, what DraftKings are crushing. Right, right. And next thing you know, I'm seeing prize picks everywhere, right? On podcasts, on billboards. So I don't, I mean, they're crushing it. I think, I mean, I could be wrong and, you know, they could be all, you know, all this marketing spend and not getting the money back. But there was a, there was a championship game that Georgia was the first one two years ago or three years ago. And I had, the quarterback over so many yards and the score over something. And if it was like 300 to win a thousand and I'm watching the fourth quarter and he's just got to get like, I think 180 yards in that half or something and every pass. Right. <laughs> and then he doesn't get it. Right. And I lose. And my friend Dario says, uh, you know, Dario, Matt, yeah. it's better. You lost. If you won that thousand, you would have just rolled that over and just gone down a rabbit hole. And he's right. So I haven't touched prize pick since I'm done gambling. Right. So back to go ruck. So <laughs> there's a couple things that have happened lately. And I know that you, uh, pay a lot of attention as a customer, as a business owner, as a guy like me, that's interested in the sociology of all this stuff, where, business and fitness meet where tech and fitness meet and you're a guy I love to talk to you about the stuff which is why you're on the show so I want to talk about first well a big part of that too though as it relates to GoRuck is the fact that they more than anyone else that I've ever come across seems to have actually nurtured the concept of community and made it work in their favor from a financial perspective what about Spartan and Mudder uh, okay so Tough Mudder for sure right I think a, a little less a little less so on the Spartan side. I feel like the difference is with GoRuck is that it's a little bit more of a rabid group, right? Like they will literally buy anything that GoRuck launches. You know, I hate to say that like that because I'm not trying to be derogatory, but that was expressed to me when I started working there. And it kind of set me sideways a little bit that that's how it was expressed to me. But I saw it happen in real time. And uh, it was just, it, it was shocking to me. Well, this is how I, I'm going to, I'll throw this out. I feel like Spartan and Mudder have attracted the same, let's call it blind loyalty, but smaller percentage of the public, right? If you not only make your profile picture 
and stickers on your car, but a fucking tattoo of a brand, you've done a pretty good job, right? And that's what I always say about Joe DeSena is despite a lot of the business decisions he makes, which are really bad, it's really fucking hard. Everybody listening to this that has a gym or that owns a nutrition company or not whatever, dog delivery service, you would kill if somebody took your logo and smacked it on their body. It's the hardest thing to do. So to get that real buy-in, I think GORUCK's done it deeper, right? Spartan and Mutter, it's a smaller percentage. More of the GORUCK community is more that diehard. Would you say that's true? Yeah. Yeah. Like, for instance, I think the average Spartan racer will also do a Tough Mudder or will also do a, uh, you know, I don't even know if they're in existence anymore, but Warrior Dash, you know, just all those other, uh, the little, like, call them Tier 2 or even Tier 3 events. The, the, they're doing those events too. In other words, they love obstacle course racing. Maybe Spartan is their favorite brand, but they love the actual genre. Whereas GORUCKS, GRT, if you will, they're GORUCK tough. They tend to only do GORUCK events, right? And so they're looking to be, they're looking for more GORUCK events because eventually they get tired of just getting yelled at and, you know, marching around cities. Okay, so I was going to talk about the sponsorship piece first, but let's talk about That's community. cool. Let's talk. No, no, I want to talk community because we're talking community. So, okay. from my understanding, and again, I've already had this conversation with with Jason, but I really want to talk about it with you um because you're super plugged in. Um from what I understand, uh once upon a time, you wanted to do a go ruck, you'd go to goruck.com, you'd find an event, you sign up for an event, you go to the Facebook page to learn about that event, you go do that event. And my understanding is they've shifted to wait a minute, we built an app for you to use. Please use that called Sandlot. And my understanding is it doesn't work. And the community for once is finally pushing back and saying, this isn't okay. Please fix it. We're really mad at you. Is that accurate? Uh, I think it's, I think it's accurate. I think it's not uncommon. Uh, I think that app-based fitness, and again, we're talking just from my perspective, my feelings, my opinions. I think app-based fitness is a joke. I don't think that there's any successful app-based fitness. Um, maybe you can pick up. I think the only one that I could possibly think of might be Nike's, right? Like, because really it comes automatic on the iPhone with the iWatch. Um, but and it's still, that's a very like sort of loose and all over the place community. Um, I, I, I just believe that any of these app-based fitness doesn't work. Um, they're trying they're trying to be different from an app-based perspective, meaning that they're using the app to bring people together, right? So almost similar to you know how it used to be these rut clubs everywhere, and they still have them, but the rut clubs everywhere where you know there would be one or two ambassadors that were responsible for bringing people to rucking and maybe every Wednesday night they had a ruck from this gym or that gym or this particular location. Um but I just think that eventually that that kind of thing falls apart. What made the events, well, I don't even want to say successful, and I don't think it's any big secret. I think Jason's come out before and ex- admitted this, but the events are profitable, right? They're great loss leaders for bringing people to the gear, but the events themselves are profitable, even when sometimes as much as 60% of the people don't even show up after paying. Well, let me ask um, you that because, hang on, JFI said the same thing. What? And, and other than, from my understanding, flying a cadre, right? And if he lives close, maybe he drives. Putting that guy up for a night, giving him a few hundred bucks, you get 30, 50 signups at, what are they, 100 bucks? How is that not profitable? A lot of times it's more than that. So how is that not profitable? 
How's that well, loss leader? Yeah, I mean, well, there's you're paying for cadre, and then depending on how many people show up, you may have to add one or two more cadre. And then also, from my understanding, again, I was not from a logistics perspective ever involved in setting up events, but there um there is permitting that goes on as well. Okay. I feel like it's like the opposite of permitting. Like we're going to cover 26 miles somewhere in the city. How many different contracts and permits would you need to get? I feel like we kind of hope they don't find us, which is fine. Like, you know, and most of the time it goes well for people who've never rucked before. You know, it's it's a lot of um, PT, right, which is stop and exercise, right? And then mm-hmm. it's team building. You're all going to carry this heavy fucking thing, right? And a lot of times people in your city will see those people – They'll cheer them on. Sometimes they think it's a fucking crazy right-wing group and they call the cops. Like, it can go a couple different ways. But anyway, let's not get... Well, and you got to think about the whole grand scheme of things. Maybe in New York, you're going to make some money. Maybe in D.C., you're going to make some money. In Des Moines, Iowa, you know? So, like, when they had... When they used to have a lot of events, that you would have to, you know, you'd have to look at that collectively. So you may have some events where only six people show up. That obviously okay. That makes money. okay. That makes sense. I wasn't thinking of that. Yeah. Um, um, and it seems like before we get back to the app, there are a lot more products offered. Once upon a time, it was you either did a go ruck or um, which was a twelve hour, which was kind of the standard, which they now call the tough. Uh, no, it used to be the tough. Now it's called classic. <laughs> Maybe it is still the tough. I know they changed. They, they keep changing the names, but, but the there's light is now the basic. It's just right. Different. So so there's six, twelve, and twenty-four is kind of the the much like a trifecta for Spartan, and some venues have all three, right? With yep. showing up at different times. But now there's ballistics courses and there's star courses, and there's a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of patches to be earned. Um uh so it seems like there's a lot of products to be offered. There are, and there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of different events. I know that. I did one of their events once, which, and I don't think they do these anymore, but it was called Navigator. Ah. And we actually went to Kauai. And uh, quite honestly, it was a little bit of a shit show <laughs> from an organization perspective, but we're in Kauai. So who cares, right? And we had some um, some pretty interesting cadre that are no longer with the company. But um, that Is that was Hawaii, that, by the way? That's Hawaii. Yeah. In the, Kauai is one of the islands in, in Hawaii. But um, I'm just I'm trying to see what all the different kind of it. But yeah, the, you know, obviously with the star course, they started to tap into the ultra running community. Right. Some people that could cover some distance um, with a small amount of weight. Right. Um, and, and you know, just had great walking experience, just time on their feet experience. Those people are always going to crush uh, the go ruck community. And I think that's another that that in and of itself is a really interesting thing. Right. Like. It's it, it, and we saw it in the Go Run games, right? But like you bring, you know, these these this this GRT group or whatever they they love to live under this veil of super tough. But you bring in guys from different genres that they're trying to tap into, and those guys from those different genres smash everybody every time, right? So, um, you know, it's an interesting component. I mean, I, I applaud them for getting involved in those. Um, you know, in those particular genres and growing the brand. And and, and you said the 5K was stupid. And I want to say, as a guy coming from mostly the Spartan side, they tried it. They did a couple. It didn't work. 
they moved on. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. What, what a company like Spartan does is go super duper all in, launches 50 of something or 30 of something, then gives it about 8% of its attention because it's already moved on to the next thing, and then it fails. So I'm okay that they've tried a couple nasties. They've tried, you know, the 5Ks. And, uh, you know, it was a cool thing. Like you, I think, reviewed it for Obstacle Racing Media, right? You came in fifth or sixth. I gave you shit and said you came in fifth or sixth out of seven, and you got really mad. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's it's okay, like to to try to expand. So which brings us back to GoRuck saying, "Wait a minute, we're an app company. So do all of your events through us, and the app doesn't work." And what I talked to Jason about was people doing the blind loyal, just trust it. It's gonna f- we'll figure it out. And it's like, no, you don't get to say that. You actually have to deliver on a good product. You you can't give us a shitty product. So. That's from my understanding in the groups. What are you hearing and thinking? And do you think that like Jason's never going to give up on it? Or do you think they might eventually say, okay, this isn't working? Give up on events totally? (laughs) No, on this app. Oh, so yeah, on the app. I don't think they're going to give up. Not for a very long time because it's really tied into everything. It's tied into that annual event, you know, that fitness festival that they do. Every well, year. that's another question, also called Sandlot. Do we have a date? Can you register for it? Uh, I I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it for 2024. And you live in Jacksonville, and it's in four months. So yeah, and I mean the the interesting thing about that was um, uh, just how hard. Like I was I was super impressed. So it looks like they do have a date of April 19th, 2024. Can I um, sign and, up? Uh, yeah, sign, if I can't sign up, it's not happening. Or at least today, it's not happening. Um, yeah, so it looks like you cannot sign up. There are no tickets selected. I can't register. Um, so that obviously is a little bit of a cause for concern since we're in January. Um, but uh, I know that in the very beginning that I was very impressed with, I mean, Jason hustled, bro. He was like, he was talking to a lot of different entities uh, in person, you know, on the news, doing what he could to drive fitness attention from a broad perspective in Jacksonville. I just think it's a big ask for a company like, like that, that a lot of people just haven't heard of. So you're saying that if it were a different brand, they could have, cause they're they're They basically try to do what I think a lot of people are doing. And to me, it's, it's an oversaturated market, which is this idea of the convention, the festival, look at all these speakers. They're going to inspire you. And, I'm sure there were great talks and I'm sure people got something out of it, but it's a very crowded market, right? So I can go see Gary V and fucking friends for a thousand bucks in New York, or I can go to this fitness festival and kind of see the fitness version of that. Oh, but you also get the vendors and you also, it's like, dude, you're not Wadapalooza, which just happened, who crushes it, right? Like that's a fucking destination event that everybody goes to, right? It's the second most popular thing after the games. Am I correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Shoot, if you're I've, trying to do that, it's pretty, you know, I mean, you got to be doing a lot of things right. But Wadapalooza at least had the CrossFit audience to start with. Right. I mean, I don't know the the story of how it grew, but I know that they're already looking at like a West Coast version of that. Right. Well, interestingly, I think it was one of the first couple of years of, of Wadapalooza. Goruk had uh, an involvement there. They actually had a ruck division um, in the very beginnings of Wadapalooza. But, you know, obviously Wadapalooza has grown tremendously. And is now a you know a cedar for the games, but um, uh, I think that one of the you know and you brought this up you know you and I have talked about this in the past 
But I think one of the mistakes that that, that GoRec just is not doing, if they really want to grow this thing significantly, is they need to broadcast it. I mean, the people that really enjoy, whether it's off school racing, well, let's use CrossFit as an example. I I watched every just about every minute of Wadapalooza, right? And if I didn't watch it in real time, you know, I paused it or I had it while I was working, I had it running, or I'd come back and watch it at night once Kai had gone to bed. I mean, because I'm interested in the athletes and I want to see the competition. And I feel like, you know, GORUCK is in, in, at least in this particular example with Sandlot, Sandlot Jacks, their, you know, their fitness festival, they're relying on the community to just share the content and information. And that's really just speaking. It's just really just talking through your navel. It's well, yeah. And, um, you know, it's weird for me to talk about because it does affect my bottom line. But yeah, I offer my services, right? I'm pretty tied into the community. I'm probably one of the more like a better guy to like who's like I, I, I'm an I am aware that nowadays there's a lot of quote unquote media companies who just basically cold call right and like hey we'll broadcast your event we'll live stream we have these tools blah 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 so I, I know it's it's I'll give people some slack when it comes to. Like once upon a time, that wasn't a thing, but now it's a thing. It's a thing people offer. The same people that used to videotape your wedding can now live stream. So uh, videotape, I said. Um, so, but clearly someone who's community-based, who you've known for a decade, right? It's a pretty good idea and it wasn't, and relatively inexpensively. And it's not something that he was willing to do. And everybody asked me, is there a live stream? When can I see it? And as you... You know, let's talk about marketing in the future. Guess what else happens when you have something on YouTube? When you type in the words "Go Ruck Games," it comes up on YouTube in your Google searches. So it's it's a really smart investment. Uh, again, I wasn't going to bring three trucks there for fifty grand. We're talking short money, as my dad would say. R.I.P. My dad um, to to broadcast it. So yeah, it's unfortunate, and um, you know, I don't take it personally. It's just like, all right, dude, like. Good luck spreading the love of your event when you've got Jessica trying to do her best on her phone, right, on an Instagram thing. And 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 thank you, Jessica, for doing that. But that doesn't have a long-term tail, right? And she's just doing that out of the kindness of her own heart. She wasn't being paid to do that, so. No, I mean, and, and a little bit of a pivot, but, you know, as someone who did a selection-based TV show on the History Channel, and as someone oh, who's- hang on. Name drop. Huh? Name drop. Name drop. Yeah, you know- Cloud drop. You were on a TV show. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, well, no. As, but as someone who did that event, right, on, on TV and the success that, that came from that, and then looking at now Fox taking it to another level, maybe cheesing it up a little bit, but they have now a special forces show, right, That's that I think they brought celebrities. The difference was they brought celebrities, put them through the same kind of shit. But uh, I think that from my perspective – and I'm sure Jason would argue this with me all day long, but I think that they should double down on on the select on their selection. I think that the selection has always been that thing that people love to watch because people like to watch car wrecks. And there is nothing but absolute smack down, beat down, getting yelled at, face in the mud, dragging heavy shit. Oh, I'm crying. Oh, I can't do it. I'm barely moving. That keeps people engaged. If you watch those years when they would fate when they would um face what was it FaceTime the not FaceTime but they would broadcast uh on face on Facebook sorry Facebook live the event they would uh people would stay engaged all, all through the night like watching these people get beat down. I think that, that that in this sort of David Goggins 
world of uh, of inspiration and motivation is far more compelling than a me too. You know, oh, fitness, like, okay, fitness, like <laughs> fitness. But people don't, I don't think unless, and and, 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 and I'm just going to get on another soapbox here for a minute, but I think that the, the games is actually one of the things that has ruined CrossFit from a methodology to the rest of the world. And that's because the athletes have gotten so good and pushed the benchmark so high that these affiliates can't help but kind of absorb some of that. And a lot of the programming tends to just be way out of the realm of the average athlete. So at one time you're getting hurt because people are doing snatches when they really should just be doing pull-ups and push-ups with their own body weight. Now you're in a situation where people are asked to do 75 snatches in a workout who have no business even snatching, right? So I feel like whenever you have an elite division to a particular fitness modality, you are getting further and further away from the largest audience, which you and I learned. Hell, when we did Cranky Bastard, nobody cared. No one cared. And when we would do posts, way early days of obstacle racing media, when we would do posts about elites, we would get some feedback. You know, oh, yeah, hey, cool. Uh, uh, what's his name? The, the bald kid from uh, Utah that was... <laughs> It was so good for a while. What was his name? Hang on a second. I just want to say the bald kid from Utah, Hobie Call. Hobie Call. Put some yeah, respect yeah. on his name. Sorry, dude. Godfather I'm, of OCR. I'm on a I'm on a roll here, though. I That's know, it. Buddy. I know. Mad respect for 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 Hobie. Wish he would have got the sub two marathon. He but anyway, <laughs> what about the pull up um, record? Huh? He another thing he did. Uh, just sorry, quick sidetrack. He said he was going to do the pull up twenty four hour record. He ditched that one too. But go ahead. But yeah, you would do a we would do a story or you would do a story on him. And, you know, people would be like, oh, I love Hobie. Yeah, hey, maybe like 13, 14 comments, whatever. You do something on the 300 pound dude that, you know, lowered his weight down to 220 by doing obstacle course racing. There'd be 200 comments, everybody rah, rah, and yay, way to go. Like, right? Like, like they're from a, I feel like from a money, from a inclusionary perspective, the, Every man is going to have more value than the elites, right? Well, I, I got to say that I think Spartan did this when they had their show. And it's funny because I think we had so many problems with it early on. I think the Spartan show, the Spartan NBC show is amazing, right? The amount of money spent the team on it. thing? No, no. The, 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 the races when it was like on the hills of West Virginia, Amelia right. Boone, Ryan Atkins. like, And then they'd always do a little segment on the local group, right? Or a local mm -hmm. mom, like you kind of do that little piece and CrossFit games, same thing. You're watching the games, but between the action, let's look at this adaptive person. Let's look at this person that's 60 years old. And they think that's servicing it enough. And, you know, do people want to watch age groupers? They don't know if they, if that's what they showed. Probably not. Right. No, they only, I mean, look at the, look at the, the watch statistics. People only want to watch the elites. And quite honestly, the way that uh, CrossFit has structured it, they always run the most popular elites in the final heat right. of an event. So most people will only watch the final heat. That's they what won't I even do. Watch I got my finger on that. I got my finger on that button. And and me too. Unless I know someone, right? In the in the in the in the in that last round, that like bottom right. bottom person in the regionals. Like if I've met you at an event and I'm like, I'm rooting for that girl or that guy, right? Yep, fair. Yeah. And I think well listen, this is so this is a thing that came up and you know, we talked about your history with Goruck.
but you've been tied into CrossFit. You've been tied into Ninja. You're a guy that kind of pays attention to all of it, as do I, right? Certain things you go deeper in, certain things like you don't know Hobie Call's name, but you also know way more about certain things than I do. But um, Well, I know his name. He just hasn't been in the, I, the I know, spotlight dude. I know, dude. I, just, I'm just, I was just making a point, but now I lost my train of thought. What the fuck were we just saying about CrossFit? Oh, the elites. Right, and, and who you're... Oh, and that you only watch the final heat, and then it kind of tied it to Goruck. Let's move on. I can't fucking remember. <laughs> so my, my question back to you is, is this app as bad as people are saying, and how long before they get it right, since you think they're not going to get rid of it? So when you use the terminology, is the app bad, It an app is only as good as the people that are using it. It can be a fantastic app, but if no one's using it, if no one's engaging with it, if no one finds it useful in their fitness journey, then it's a bad app. Fair? Fair. Um, So I think that that's really what's going on more than it being broken. I'm not 100%. The feedback that I have heard just around town is not necessarily about it being broken so much as it just, it isn't populated very well. There isn't much content there. It isn't growing. It's just kind of sitting there and people are finding more value in just what GoRuck really tried to do in the first place, which is just person to person communication set up well, and traditional ways of meetups, right? Facebook groups, right. Facebook so, events. But my understanding is that creating your own platform makes sense, right? So why go to TicketSocket or whatever when you can get that money? I think Warrior Dash, by the way, Warrior Dash is gone, but they were the first to do it. They were like, wait a minute, why are we giving all of our money to these fucking guys, right? They invented their own. So that, and I know go, that is what GoRuck was doing, but now they want to be a reg platform. Like anybody can hop on there. So now they are trying to get into the event brighter meetup business, which you're not going to beat unless you spent like $200 million on marketing. Cause those are, those are ubiquitous. They're like eBay or Yahoo, you know what I mean? Or whatever. Well, they are. And the successful, I feel like the successful ones, well, maybe I shouldn't say successful because I guess there's different business models, but I feel like the most successful reg platforms also have a component to them that allow people to see what other events are going on on that platform. So they actually market the platform as a cornucopia, if you will, of different kind of events. Um, You know, almost like the running the USA of events, right? If you're going... Right. Yeah, if you're looking for a particular event in a particular town, I know if I go somewhere for a holiday and I want to find a 5K, I'm going to go look at running in the USA, right? Because it's going to have a lot of, it's going to be a collection of events happening anywhere I choose. And you're old. I bet people younger than us don't do that, but they go to Eventbrite or run sign up and they just type in Ohio turkey trots, right? Um, It's interesting, kind of side note, is I've been using Eventbrite for years for, you know, that run the ATL that I do. And, you know, it was great because it's also uh, a marketing arm, right? And you can, you know, you start collecting everybody's email and um, all just all that was free along with you're going to lose $3 every sale. You can eat that or you can make the customer pay for it, right? Um, And then you market it and grow from there. And they always wanted you to like, hey, they had this weird third-party app to tie in with Facebook. Wasn't that intuitive? Didn't work very well. I think they still have some issues with that. But they stopped making things as free, right? So now I can't even send 2,000 emails for free. I can send 200 for free, right? So they started charging a little bit more because like, wait a minute. We're fucking giving away the store here. We're like MailChimp and all these guys are fucking 
sticking it to people for 80 bucks a month. We need to get some of that. So they're, you know, smartly raising their fees. I'm not happy as a customer, right? Because I like to get it for free, but they're really, again, they're really good at it. And I think it's a thousand percent silly that, that Jason and Goruck think that's what they're going to have with Sandlot. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have, I have to agree with you. I I'm obviously rooting for them. I would like to think of Jason as a, as a friend, I mean, we don't hang out, but we live in the same town. Our kids go to the same school. Um, we see each other probably twice a week as he rucks to work or rucks around while he's on business meetings. And you're my house, your, my house is a stone's throw from HQ. You're on so. your longboard fucking doing your thing or a fucking fat bike or whatever your choice of uh, travel is that week, right? Fat bike with my five-year-old sitting on my lap. Nice. She's five now? She's five to six in March. All right. Do you want the good news or the bad news? <laughs> uh, bad news. So Emma's 16. Okay. <laughs> little, little, I know, dude, the, the face you just made. So, uh, and she's out a lot. She's got a very social life. And we finally had to, um, uh, what do you call it? I forget what the word is. Pull the trigger on her taking like Ubers by herself because like, you know, there's only so many times me and my wife can drive across town. But the way Uber is, you can connect it to your own account. You can see when they get in the Uber. You can see where they're trapped, where they are. I've got her on. Um, I've got her on Find My anyway, so I can always see where she is, which is nice. And at some point, I'll take her off. I don't know when that is. Eighteen, twenty. I'll figure it out, I guess. Um, but on New Year's. I saw Midnight for the first New Year's in like a decade because I was like waiting for her to get home. And, I, and I'm not worried, worried. Like I'm not like sitting on the porch, you know, sitting on the on the couch smoking cigarettes. But it's just something I didn't think I was going to be thinking about. And there I was on Midnight like texting her like, hey, you got in the ride yet? Then she doesn't respond right away. Her phone died. She eventually walks in the door. But anyway, uh, just things, just shit. You know, Like when they're little, you just know all that shit. I'm dealing with diapers. I'm dealing with trying to have them not run in the street. Uh, but then one day they become 16 and you have a whole new set of worries. So there you go. Good news, bad news. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've been through this before with a son. but Oh, so much different with a girl, dude. So much different, dude. So much different. I'm such a helicopter dad now. But you know what we didn't talk about? We didn't talk about Goruck as the, um, the sponsor of the CrossFit Games. Well, that was the next question. So Goruck is... The apparel and footwear sponsor. They were al- they were already a sponsor. They'd sponsor a workout. You saw their name. But key point for people to know: not title, not replacing Noble, right? Noble replaced Reebok. The title sponsor is still available. Christian, will anybody snag that before the games? What do you think? Or they'll just leave it? CrossFit Games. I don't know. Have you seen the logo? Yeah, it's. It, I posted it. It's a little wonky. <laughs> it looks like they made it, somebody made it with Microsoft Word or something. Like they literally just, it looks awful, right? Um, I, so this is a huge, this, this gets into a huge discussion as well. I know I'm verbose as fuck, but like, <laughs> I mean, but I'm, show. you're on the show because you talk a lot and you're smart. I'm a huge fan of CrossFit and have been since, you know, 2008. So, you know, and, and, and I'm old, like you say, so I like the old school CrossFit. I like the wads being on CrossFitHQ.com or CrossFit.com at the HQ website everybody doing the same workout i feel like that's why people like deca and and uh and uh high rocks right now because it's a one world standard it's one it's one event that everyone has to complete and i think that that was a really that's that's what skyrocketed crossfit and now the crossfit definition the definition of crossfit 
is very random and fragmented and depends on who you talk to because every gym is doing their own programming. Some of them are fire breather gyms that are doing all Olympic lifting and, you know, got, you know, gigantic people all drugged up. And then you've got, you know, some that are just focused on, on the everyday person. Invent, so, is that a, is that a business? Is that an industry term fire breather? Or did you invent that? No, no, no. That's definitely an industry term in the CrossFit community. Fire breathers are like the, you know, people that do uh, RX or RX plus and they're competitive and usually asshole comes along with that. I'm Got just it. saying, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just saying that if you're doing, I didn't even know RX plus existed. So you're saying, here's this really hard workout. I'm going to fucking make it harder. Yep. So yep. They're li- they're living, living that Goggins life, as you said. That's right. Um, and again, there are there is application to that. Obviously, if you're doing something harder and then in competition, it's going to be a little less. You're going to obviously smash the competition <clears throat> when you're yeah, competing. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that but that's like a yeah, like if I'm practicing with a heavier med ball, right, when I get to when I get to my high rocks wall balls, they'll be even easier, right? Like or whatever. Like I get that. But like, you know what I'm saying? Not not always. Not always. But yeah. So, you know, again, to, like to just just pull it back a little bit, the um, you know, I've just been a huge fan of CrossFit and a huge fan of the uh, of the modality, if you will. Maybe not so much the methodology these days ever since Glassman's been gone. Um, I feel like once they lost Glassman, uh, everything just turned into this fragmented mess. Um, and then they got rid of Castro, which, you know, that was a huge mess. I'm glad he's back. I feel like he at least brings some old school back back to the community. But, um, you know, if, if you watch, if you pay attention, if you keep your finger on the pulse, a lot of the YouTubers out there that I watch, you know, I watch you, I watch Andrew Hiller, I watch Craig Ritchie, you know, I, I watch these, these, these sort of both love hate characters, right? Like you got to kind of love hate Hiller, right? Like I, I, I kind of hate how he really picks on people to the nth degree, but he's smart and he, picks out points that are very, very good and they're valid and they're real. Uh, just, he does the research. I, I, I have to stop you really quickly. Okay. Uh, we'll see where this will go, but... Okay. Uh, for those listening, Christian Griffith was the fucking hiller of the ultra running community when there was <laughs> blogs and a fucking email subscribe list. Right or wrong? Fair. 100%. Right. I would admit here that I was cranky. <laughs> okay, finally. And he was the cranky <laughs> bastard on OCR. But I'm just saying... You were a voice. If I said to people, when I started running in 2012, 13, 14, and I said, I live in Atlanta, people would say, anybody in the ultra community would say, oh, who's that guy? Or they'd know your name. Um, You were super well known. And at one point, like a lunatic, you erased all of your content. (laughs) And I'll call a manic moment, I guess. but I don't know. You ever think of that? You ever think about hopping on and talking just the way you are today? Like it's some. I know time is limited and you're very busy. But I don't know. Do you ever think about that? I, I, I do, and sometimes I do. I've done some podcasts. I mean, most of them obviously are surrounded surrounded about my run across the United States, or they're centered around the selection TV show, but um, or you know some of the personal stuff. But uh, I don't really talk much about all that ultra running community stuff. But I've wanted to. But like, the, I go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No. Well, I mean, you know, I recently found all that content. I have over a hundred race reports that I've written from doing over a hundred ultra marathons. Way and, before uh, guys were doing that many. Yeah, for sure. For way for yeah, like I 
I kind of finished doing them in around 2016, 17, right? Like I do a couple here and there and I'm signed up for a really gnarly one in July or in June. But um, for the most part, yeah, I don't get to talk about that much anymore, but go back to cross uh, cross. <laughs> but I was saying, but you could do that. You could, you could do that now. You could be Hiller or any of these guys, I think. And all you do is do what they do. Pros consistently have strong opinions, right? Have some decent production value. I don't know. I just throwing it out there. No, I think that's fair. But I think that, you know, talking about the Hillers, you know, Craig Ritchie, he's just a super like teddy bear guy. Um, but, um, you know, with a brand that he's trying to sell gear. And then, uh, but Hiller is just, I think he's just on, the, you know, I think he would say he's on just a growth move, right? Like he's trying to get as many, get as popular as Savant really um, on his own. But, <clears throat> but both of them uh, have really launched a lot of content recently around is CrossFit dying. And I love this. I love this path of discussion because I believe that it is. And when, I believe when you that, say, when you say dying, what does that mean? Less affiliates, less participants. What does that mean? Um, I think less interest uh, for one, one of the greatest things that both, well, that Craig Ritchie did is he just did a Google trend analysis of people interested in, um, in CrossFit since they fired all their media, right? Since they fired all their media team. And Hiller will also say that he believes that that was a huge crux or a big change in the CrossFit community or the exposure of CrossFit in the in the world, right? Um, was firing their media team, which I would have to agree with as a, as a media guy, as an advertising guy. Like I believe that you got to put shit out for people to care and you got to do it consistently. Um, but anyway, um, then couple with that, the fragmentation of there really is no consistency across any type of gym that you go to. And and I and I get it. Like a I lot thought of that people was the beauty of CrossFit. We don't give you the I, rules. I, I hear that. And especially when they don't want to become a franchise, which you know, some people are scared of that they're going to become a franchise and that there is going to be, you know, these different standards set at different gyms. But then I go back to the success, the rising success of DECA and IROX. These these event. These mod, you could even call them a fitness modality. You know, Joe Riviera over here has got a gym, Get It Core Fitness, that is all centered around obstacle course racing and obstacle course training and that type of um, of of modality, right? Like they're it's similar to CrossFit because CrossFit's similar to obstacle course racing in terms of the type of movements that you need to be doing, at least uh, you know, away from the Olympic lifting, maybe not so much Olympic lifting, but still at the end of the day, um, I think that I think that, that CrossFit is is dying. I think that it doesn't have a brand that is relatable to anyone anymore. The only thing that I feel like people see as it relates to CrossFit is the games. And that is so far unreachable for the average fitness enthusiast that it's like watching Barry Bonds now. You know, it's filled with drugs. There's no way to deny that, right? It's filled with drugs. And I don't hate on that. I mean, that's fine. Do what you got to do to push the envelope. But it's it's filled with drugs. Well, let me it's ask not. You, so let me ask you. The mm -hmm. way that I view that, right? If I see a person that looks super lean and super muscularly, right? Mm -hmm. Year round, right? Because like I happen to know, I had a wife who bodybuilded, how hard it is to look a certain way for a very short period of time to get show ready. Anybody on the show that's that's done a show, right? Men or women. Sure. 
So to me, that's kind of the tell-all. It's not just, are you strong? So what to you says all these people are on gear? Just how strong they are, how fit they are? Like, what is your definition? Well, you know, there's there's a number of different physical signs that you can typically tell. I think one of the most obvious is the belly, right? This sort of ab-ripped belly that protrudes. Like, you won't see that in, let's say, like a triathlete that has abs, right? Because they're typically not trying to put on a significant amount of muscle. Same thing with a fighter. You ever see a fighter walk into the ring with a protruding belly of abs? Like, like it just, that doesn't, they're, 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 they try to get as small as they can. Right. So their, their, their training is around getting strong. That's so funny to me. (laughs) I, I don't know, but look at, look at the average. And again, I'm not trying to hate. I'm just saying visually do your own visual research. Do you, want me to, do you want me to go hardcore clickbait on this clip? I can pull up pictures while you're talking about this, and I can say Christian says they're all on gear, and boom, we'll get a bunch of views. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm okay with it because it's 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 something that's so well known in a community of lots of PEDs, right? I mean, it's not just CrossFit. It's bodybuilding and it's only becoming more and more acceptable with YouTube and all of these influencers that are just completely coming out and saying, yo, I'm on gear. Like, you know, it's, it, it is, it is what it is. They're still not doing it in competition because it's illegal, right? Like, but all you got to do, look at the bellies, these, these protruding bellies that have abs. It's not normal for without gear. Right. That's good to know. I did not. And then, know of that. course, you know Hiller, who loves to pick on it because he'll admit that he does cycles of testosterone, right? And so he, you know, he will call this same thing out. You know, like just as an example, he he had some pictures of Tia, right? You know, one of the 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 leading CrossFit athletes right now with with a bunch of different peptide shots in her belly. You know, like bruises from peptide shots. You know, and it's. Again, anyone that takes peptides, I take peptides, right? Anybody that takes are they peptides, illegal? they're well in competition. Uh, they are, but they're not technically illegal. Well, so here's an interesting conversation Jay Fi and I had, and he would say this on here, so I'm not telling tales out of school. But Jason said he thought like the top ten high rocks athletes are all on gear, and I'm like, you're out of your mind, dude. He's like, they can't afford them. There's not enough prize money. You want to say a couple are sure. And he's like, oh, they're all on peptides. Because I was saying, you know, uh, they're expensive. They're harder to get, you know, quote unquote steroids, right? And, yes. uh, and I'm like, they're not blood doping. You know what I mean? That's too complicated. He's like, oh, they're all on peptides. I'm like, I don't think a lot of them would even know what those are. Like, I think if you ask. No, I would, I would agree. I, I, I'm sure they probably are. So, you know, there's different peptides. There's tons of them, right? Um, you know, Andrew Hiller is actually sponsored by California peptides. Um <laughs> And so you can go online, CaliforniaPeptides.com, and you can get a lot of set. One of the most popular is BP-157 or TB-500, which are um, they are peptides designed for ultra-fast recovery. And they work. I, um, I ran the uh, Mountain Mist 50K a couple of years ago, pulled my calf at mile one, tried to continue the race, ended up getting pulled at like mile 26 or something. And uh, my ca- I had to take a, a wheelchair in the airport. It was so bad. I got back here to the beach, uh, started using BP-157, shooting it directly into my calf, and it healed it within a week. 
Like what I was have, literally, what? What if you put it right into your wang? So typically with any of these recovery peptides, it works best to uh, um, shoot it into the location of the injury. So not into your wang. Not into your wang, no. Oh, okay. Unless, of course, you have an injured wang. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think, I just think when there's when there's money involved, right? Like mm-hmm. professional athletes, NFL, MLB, right? CrossFit. I mean, it's funny because I hear the CrossFit community complaining, the Hillers and, and all those, and the Coffee Pods and Wads and all those guys. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you think you have it bad. Like, our industry is garbage compared to you, the shit you guys complained about. Somebody can win... Three hundred fifty thousand dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean that's a lot of fucking money. That's a real sport. So I can see why a lot of those people. So you think? Do you think they've tested Tia? She failed, and they're like, "There's no way we're fucking mentioning this." I don't know. I don't know enough about how all that works. You know, but in terms of who they test and who they don't, you know, I think one of the biggest names that was tested and failed was that Ricky Garrard. Right. Um, from Australia, and then he was sidelined for a couple of years. Now he's come back stronger, but and he's you know, not, I thought he'd be vilified, but he appears to not be vilified. Well, I think that's fair, right? Like you give, you got to give someone a chance at retribution, right? Like at redemption. Sorry, um, you know, I, I feel like you have to, right? Like I could see, just like anybody else could, you could see someone falling prey to it, especially early in their career or early into it. And, uh, you know, getting their hand slapped and going, okay, I'm just going to work harder. I'm going to get better. And, and, and that's okay. Like, I don't, I don't have any, I don't have any issue with that. I actually, I like him. Like I, I actually root for him because, you know, I'm sure he does get, you know, get booed and people talk shit and everything else just because it's easy to do. Right. Like people love to hate. Um, and, and that's the same thing. Like, uh, like, um, at the top level, you were saying at the top levels of like high rocks or, or any of those, I mean, you know, again, with peptides, it's 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 shaky, right? Like it, it's I think they're hard to test for. They're in and out of your system. You have to take them every most of the time. You have to take them every day. So they're in and out of your system very, very fast. Um, there are some like one of them is called Samorlin, which uh, which helps promote uh, human growth hormone while you're sleeping. But it's not the same thing as taking human growth hormone. So it's just it promotes it and it does so very, very well. But anyway. There, I think there's more of that, like you said, than there are the prescriptions because the prescriptions are tracked. Oh, right. But and you're not trying to like, let's say testosterone or some of these bodybuilding PEDs, right, that are designed to build muscle, just like a fighter isn't trying to get heavier. I would say a high rocks athlete certainly isn't trying to get heavier. They might want to get stronger, especially as it relates to the sled or something like that. But ultimately, they're looking for muscular endurance. Yeah, my understanding with all of it is it's mostly about recovery so that I can work out hard two days in a row or five days in a row, whereas it's a lot harder to do that, uh, especially when you're older. How old are you now? 53. So I'm 51, and I got to say that's kind of the biggest bummer is this idea of like – you know, I didn't know I was going to run my fastest 10K ever at age 40, Like, but apparently that's the case. You know what I mean? At the time, I was really excited, and I was like, because I've never been fast, but like, I look back now, and I'm like, I ran 7.11s for six miles? I can't do that today. Yeah, no, I agree, and even trying to train for speed at this age, you know, definitely puts you in a position of, of yanking something pretty easily, right? Like, it's, uh, 
it's why all the ultra runners are so old, right? Because you can you can actually you can keep going forever as slowly, right? Well, but but see that I used to think that too, right? And I came when I came into OCR, I kind of came into ultra at the same time. My first ultra, thanks to you, was in Nicaragua at Fuego y Agua, and I'm so happy because it's a it's a gorgeous 50k. It's this amazing experience. We had a great time, um, and I kind of thought like, oh yeah, you can't get faster, but you can go longer. But if you've got a uh, glute not firing properly, it can fuck up your entire chain. And now you can't run more than three miles without pain or even one mile, right? Without serious PT. And that's been my experience is that, you know, I go to the PT, I fix it, but then I don't stretch properly moving forward. And I don't do the exercises I need to, you know, cause they're, they're not sexy, right? It's not fun to do micro muscle firing. Right. So I'm fucking hurt half the time. I feel like, what about you? I'm in, I'm in fantastic shape right now, dude, to be honest. And I think it's a lot of it is because I've gotten smarter with my training and recovery. I used to always be in pain. Remember, I was all it was a joke in the community that, you know, Christian shows up to these things, you know, all banged up with two water bottles and a pair of shoes right. and thinks he's going to complete 100 miles. Right. And I would take a beating. But I might get did, it. You done. actually you also finished many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would get it done, but I would take way more of a beating than was necessary. And people would think that I just was, you know that I just had a glutton for punishment. Right. And maybe in certain, in certain circumstances, certain time periods of my life, I did, but now, you know, being older, I want to do this until the day I die. So I've gotten a lot smarter. I think the kettlebell training, again, I brought up to you strong first, but hard style kettlebell training has become a staple of my, uh, of my, my fitness. Um, it's one of the things that I can do and come back and fight every single day. Um, and then, uh, you know, my running is, in short bursts. And so just, just as an example, I'm training for an event called the mid state mile. You should check out the trailer if you haven't yet. I know. So the mid state mile from my understanding is it's a last man standing, but it's a mile straight uphill. <laughs> yeah. 340 feet of gain every mile. Yeah. So this weekend, wish I told you about this sooner this weekend, there is a last person standing in Amicalola. Okay. So you're going to do those stairs every lap. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Check this out. Every the race fee is one hundred and twenty five dollars. Twenty five goes to the local whatever, and then a hundred goes in the prize pot. And the last person standing is going to win. Do that math. Ten thousand dollars. How dope is that? That's cool. Usually you win what like a pack of cigarettes from Laz for doing something cool yeah. or whatever. <laughs> I love this. Jeff and I are making a are making a movie about it, you know, a, a little, you know, 10-minute video, whatever. I think this kind of event, even though ultra runners love to say it's not for the money, I think you could get Courtney to show up for this. I think you could get, like, it's the first year, people already have their schedules, whatever. But I think once there's at least one of these and people see it's legit, don't you feel like we could get some real fucking badasses to come try it, to win 10K for doing a last man standing? So for sure. And, and for a number of reasons, one, uh, that's what blew up the mid-state mile was they had a trailer and the trailer's interesting. Cause it's, it's this dude named Chad. I can't remember his last name, but he's, he's a YouTuber, Navy seal, big, long beard, big, long red beard. You know who the guy is? Yeah. I've seen it. Real country, man. He's like, Hey, we're going to go in there. We're going to fuck him up, man. I'm going to make it. So he don't ever run again. I'm going to get up there. I'm going to be running. I'm going to do my laps. I know how to pace myself. I've been through hell, man. You know, I've been through hell out there as a SEAL, and I ain't worried about somebody up here trying to race me. I'm going to fuck him up. 
I mean, that's how the, so the dude's kind of like people get a kick out of him. And over the last few years, even though the trailer for the race is about him, he's actually lost the last few years as more like ultra runners who are really good at this particular format. Right. I, I got to say, Christian, I loved it. Um, and I know you told me once upon a time you were not a fan of loop-de-loops, but it just the it's a, it's a mindset thing right like we always yep. say like the first 50 miles with your brain the rest with your heart whatever but it really is can you go really slow for a really for two long, days right well now <laughs> it's fucking four days now it's out of hand now i would never try to win it i would go just for myself right can i this one it? isn't this no, no, one this isn't. one's great because jeff was yep. worried jeff was like matt i can't miss work this can't go on for four days i'm like don't worry um but I did one called Ode to Laz. I loved it. The community was great. As people stop running, they become your crew, right? And uh, it's just, it's it's such a, it's such a, it's just, it's a great event. I love it. So listen, man, we got to wrap it up. Um, your video on that was awesome, by the way. Thank you. I watched well, that whole thing. Well, thank you. Um, the, the, the World's Toughest is even better, though. You saw that one finally, right? I saw a little bit of it. I need to go back and watch it, though. I know, I know, I know. It's well, for a guy who's been watching content for as long as we have and that you're and you know that event and you know me, I just feel like it's a good it's a good one to watch. Um, I was just so disappointed with my, I actually I wasn't that disappointed with my performance because I showed up untrained, but I was disappointed that I showed up to something that untrained, you know, that heavy, that untrained. Well, I think <laughs> your boy, I think your boy, if I can say so, I don't think he was thrilled to be there. I think he went with you to be your friend, but then kind of regretted it. That was my feeling. What do you think? Well, in fairness, Nick is like six, six and the obstacles are just not six, six friendly. Right. So he has to like doing anything where you're hanging. He has to pull his legs up with his hamstrings and keep them there. And so they start to cramp after a while, especially when you're getting in all that cold water. Um, but, you know, then where he has an advantage was like, I don't know if you knew what it was like, but when we would climb that hill and we had to go into that disco thing under the DJ and there was like a there was a, a, a rope, a cargo net rope that went straight up, but it only went up about eight feet. Fucking Nick, he can just put his hand on top kind of pull himself up. He doesn't even have to use the cargo rope. Right. Uh, Or the horizontal traverse. And listen, I get doing something with a buddy and that makes it fun usually, but I just think he wasn't thrilled to be there. So I think you should just go solo and crush it next time. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I, I I committed to doing it with him again. Um, I, 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 uh, I hope he's committed to the training. I've been nuts. I'm doing the updates on the training. Like, I'm super focused right now for November, right? So, do you, know, like, do you know where it is? Yeah, it's in my backyard. I know. Let's go. <laughs> Let's fucking go. I'm I'm ready, dude. I, I'm uh I I want to honestly I want to break the record for my age. So okay, you just heard it here first. How many miles is that going to be? It's got to be over seventy five. All right, all right, dude. Love you, buddy. All right, dude. Thank you for having me on. I enjoyed it. And there you have it. Don't forget to keep it locked here for lots of fun upcoming content in the coming weeks. Again, if you want to help me on the social media tip, you don't even have to be good at social media. You can just send me pictures. Pretty simple from your phone. If you want to help over there in Vienna, love you. Miss you, mean it. I've got to run. 